Welcome to Frontline Static, a podcast that helps bridge the gap between healthcare workers and first responders and everything in between. Nicholas, thank you so much for joining me this week on the podcast. I'm really excited to just chat, have an informal conversation with you, and kind of prick your brain on all the things. Absolutely. Thank you, Janessa. Thank you for having me. Okay, tell everybody out there a little bit about yourself. Oh my gosh, how much time do you have? <laughs> well, right now, so I'm currently an EMT at my uh, local um, agency in New York, uh, in process of waiting to be accepted to nursing school, which might be a pivot to paramedic in the in the military, specifically the Air Force, but we're still toying around with the idea. But that's a little bit about myself. I love to do uh, extreme tasks, difficult things such as marathons, triathlons, anything that are really push me outside my comfort zone and yeah. a, bit, a bit of an adrenaline junkie too. Yeah. I think yeah. that is everything. Yeah. Perfect. I love that because I think a lot of people can relate to that. I think that there's a lot of people in this industry who are like adventurous and love to do those sorts of things as well. It's kind of like the nature of our job a little bit as well. I think it is. I think the nature of our job attracts a specific type of person. Like, yeah, for sure. We, we got to be a little, little bit insane to to deal with what we got to deal with. But I think it's, yeah. I think it's all good. Great fun, great stuff. Yeah. What's interesting about um, coaching you is that actually, I don't think I had any clients besides you that have had coaching previous to us working together. And so if you could talk about that a little bit, like kind of what coaching's done for you in your life and um, like what it's done for you currently right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this isn't my first rodeo with coaching. I have done coaching in the past. And the very first coach that I remember, I think he charged upwards of like $3,000 for four sessions. And this mm -hmm. was back when I was a junior in either college or a sophomore. So mm -hmm. I think I was in a network marketing at the time, but I, he offered direct information, but I wasn't ready to receive said information. Yeah. Like that awareness wasn't there yet. And I just, I wasn't ready. Um, yeah. So then I did it again, like in, in terms of personal training, in terms of, uh, you know, the fitness space where again, I still wasn't ready to receive the information. It was getting there. My mindset was getting there, but I wasn't ready. It wasn't until I believe two years ago um, that, you know, I met one of the coaches that I have now, you know, yeah. former special operations guy, uh, 75th Ranger Regiment. And yeah. this is the power of coaching. Like I, I was a fitness guy, but I was never a marathon guy. And just giving my word to him, he's like, well, what are next steps for you? I, I forget the whole premise of the conversation. I get up and I run 26 miles on the spot just because I respected this guy. I, I, I valued him a lot and his input. I'm like, I'm so inspired. I'm going to go run a marathon now. Um, seems nuts. It definitely does. But I, I feel like, you know, what coaching and then now coaching with you, um, it really brings awareness full circle, um, especially if you do it for an extended period of time, not just like one session or like one season of like three months, just like doing it extensively. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been coaching with the same same gentleman now. Um, his name is Jeremiah for like three years now. And yeah. now this is my second go around with you. So it's been incredible. Yeah, I want to like attest to you've moved so quickly through the process together because mm -hmm. you are just open and willing to it. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to be. Otherwise you're not, 
you're well, you're going to come kicking and screaming, you know, yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I think that my willingness, and this is also like, I've gotten five years of counseling and therapy, mm-hmm. right? I, I, there was some, there were things in myself that I needed to deal with traumas in the past, which if we want to get into that, we can, I have no problem doing that. Yeah. Um, but you know, unless you have a good awareness about you, it's just like, you're going to be continuing to wonder why we do what we do. Yeah. Um, so I do believe that these astronomical, I guess, movements, pivots and stuff that you're seeing is just the awareness and the work that has been put in prior. And that's yeah. fine for other people. It may not be that your journey is your journey, which is fine. I don't want people to look at me and be like, oh my gosh, it's possible for him and not for me. I know what that's like. I see it in, in the area that I am now, but yeah. no, take your steps. But definitely your results that you've got. So I, I offer everybody... 12 sessions, right? So we worked together for three to four months, but you started getting results after the first couple of weeks. Right. And I would offer to you that your results or because of how open you were in the process. Absolutely. Which that's why I give 12, 12 sessions or three to four months, because I know I can take everybody from point A to point B and get them the results that they want when we first meet together. But you started getting them after the first couple of weeks. And I really can attest to that's because you were willing to put in the work, willing to be vulnerable and willing to, you know, just open yourself up to like, what's going on with my thinking? Like, show me, show me what am I thinking? Where are some of my thought errors? What would you say to that? I would say 100% because you hired, you hired a coach for a reason. And it's like, if you're holding back on painting the full picture, well, they're only going to work with what you give them. They're not mind readers. Um, They've been through a lot of experiences that were after, right? They're basically the person that we want to be in X amount of years. So why would you not be an open book so that, oh, this is where you're going here. This is what you're thinking. Absolutely. 100%. You got it. And it's just hard. Like I always say, like I have my own private coach, my mindset coach, a business coach. It's like your coach can see things from you and what your mind is doing that you can't see. There's just no way for us to analyze it ourselves. 100%. Yeah. And can you talk to also like touching on what you just said, when we first met, it was a lot of, this is what happened to me in the past. And that Mm -hmm. story has really carried on with you. And we have gotten very quickly into looking at the future you. And right. that's kind of all we talk about now. So how <laughs> do you get over that hump of really letting your past affect where you were going? Right, 100%. And I think counseling is lovely. It's great. It's done astronomical things for me. It's necessary to understand where we come to the present. But then there Absolutely. comes to a tipping point where like, I'm done rehashing the past, right? There's only so much rehashing that you can do where you're like, okay, now I want to move forward. So it's like, the more that I brought it up, the more that like, I'm saying that I'm not that person anymore, but now I'm still living in it, living in the Uh, past and bringing it up. So now it's like, okay, it's time to let that go now. So now that we can create room for the present, because if you're constantly living there, you're going to probably get the same results in the present. Now your future you, you're probably going to be either pissed off or whatever and where you're not where you want to be. So I made a decision, right? Made a decision. Well, had the awareness, made a decision that like, hey, I don't want to rehash this anymore. I learned all that I needed to learn. Yeah. Let's work on the present and future me now. Like what, yeah. what are some actions that I can take that future me will be proud of that I will be proud of? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a clear decision. 
Yeah. And, just, and that was deeply uncomfortable. I mean, we spent some weeks on that, which is totally right. fine. And I do want to say, I do have a lot of clients that do therapy and coaching. It's just a different right. focus. Like you said, right. Absolutely. it's really focused on the past and coaching is really focused on you now and like where you're wanting to go. And I right. know that that process was deeply uncomfortable for you and it wasn't easy to do now, but how is it after coming out of that, really allowing yourself now to focus on where you want to be and living in that belief that that's going to be possible for you, even though you're not there yet. It's like a whole new, what I like to call a glass ceiling. That's been like one of the key themes that we've been talking about this week. So like whatever your glass ceiling is for you, it can be terms of finances. It can be in terms of relationships. For me, it was the belief in myself as a healthcare provider and basically being that kind of operator guy that I want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily surgery, but like I, the, one of the key people that I look up to is anyone in the special operations community. Mm-hmm. For somehow, some reason, those, those guys, I respect the hell out of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and the belief that I want to be one of those guys, that's what I was really really struggling with. So it's like moving and stepping into that now is just like, okay, like that glass ceiling is ripped open. It, it's yeah. like, it's like, uh, I have a degree of belief now that I can, that it is possible. And it's just like, I think one of the, um, one of the key points that you definitely mentioned was, um, in our sessions is like holding both. Like you can still have doubt, you can still have fear, but you're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, so ripping off that ceiling, whatever that is for, for the listeners or for you speaking, um, that's what it created for me. A yeah. possibility, a possibility. What's been the result of being able to do that for yourself? Oh my gosh. Well, first and foremost, I was one of those type of dudes that I naturally have this high adrenaline level, right? And I know we speak about this on a lot of our sessions. It's like, I would always dismiss that, think that something's wrong with me, that, oh, all these operators or all these clinicians are are peaceful on the inside as they're having a code or like whatever the case may be. Um, And I'd be freaking out on the inside. I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. And you're like, what if it's not? I'm like, what do you mean, Janessa? Please explain. Um, it's just like, what if that's you as a clinician? And that was just one of the many ways. It's like finally making peace with how my body is trying to tell me that you are ready to perform now. Mm-hmm. You're ready. And then all, all of a sudden I heard exactly what we talk about. I heard it on like a Navy SEAL podcast. I'm like, that's it. All right. This is, yeah. this is great. Like my body is ready to do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Like think through these scenarios, be the best, best clinician that it could be. Uh, think about possible contingencies, whatever it is, because we either think about or we were brought up as, all right, this is going to be a fight response. Well, there's no tiger. So what, sir, what does this serve me now? Um, I'm not about to fight somebody. So what's what's this? It was always painted in a negative sense instead of a positive sense. So instead of trying yeah. to fight it, this is me now, which huge weight lifted off my shoulders, et cetera. Yeah. It's all, I mean, I think it's very easy to do, especially as human beings, like to compare ourselves to people, especially that are in positions that we want to be in. Right. But when you realize like authentically that you could be in those positions and be authentically you, like, I almost felt like it was a weight that was lifted off your shoulder. It's like, wait, I can be me and do really well at this position. Right. 100%. And that basically led me to, all right, like, how does that, how how is that an asset instead of thinking it like, well, what's the positive from this? So for me, 
think through like we were thinking like different scenarios like if you get like a a, a heart or ai cd call for fellow emts flight nurses whatever that can be a whole range of things right yeah. so it's like here's the age here's the this here's what we're given what are some possible scenarios and now I'm getting better. I'm like, oh, this is actually what it is. I'm like 28 year old female. Oh, well, she probably has some anxiety conditions, you know, maybe some stuff at home. Turns out that's exactly what kind of call it ended up being. I'm like, oh, snap. Okay. Whereas if I wasn't like that, maybe my thought process would be either a bit slower or like whatever. I probably wouldn't have drawn the same conclusion. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing that I definitely, um, it helped me uh, walk through my first possible code mm. uh, as an EMT. Yeah, let's talk about that because that is like one of the biggest things that people bring to me about doubt, um, especially in these fields of like, okay, we get to a high, high stress situation where the patient's going to code. What if I don't know what to do? What were like, what were some of the fears that you were having and how did you get yourself over that to process it during it when it happened? Right. So classic fear is that everyone has. What if I don't know what to do? What if when called upon, I don't perform? Mm -hmm. um, what if they don't survive? Like my, 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 my outcome was heavily based on the results, whether or not the patient lived or passed. Right. And we talked about that. It's just like, well, you don't have control over that, right? There could be a whole host of scenarios that we not we might not be able to detect with the technology, yeah. whatever. We're given with what we're given with what we have. So it's like, okay, what's the next best step for that person in the situation? Yeah. Right. All right, scene safety, we're good to go. Right. Yeah. You're communicating with your partner, you do this to this. Like you you think you're gonna screw up and do all these scenarios. Whereas if you just focus on what's best for the patient and the next best step for the patient, you can't go wrong because now you're taking the pressure off yourself and now you're shifting the focus so that you yeah. can think better. I loved that because we would almost like play it out like this pretend scenario. And then I'd right. be like, what next? And you'd be like, well, then I would talk to my partner and I said, okay, well, what next? Then right. I would call base hospital. Okay. Well, what next? And right. it's like, your brain just wants to offer you the worst case scenario. Right. But it's like when you're actually in that situation, you just go back to the basics and it actually is really simple. You do know what's next. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think also what helped was uh, next right steps. It's like we know the steps, we know the protocols. And if you need some refreshing, get some refreshing. That's the one thing that I was also struggling with was like as a brand new EMT still in his first year, I was expecting myself to know every protocol, every this, every possible scenario that a 20 year veteran would have. And that's just not feasible, right? It's yeah. just, it, that's the type A in us, right? Yeah. So it's like, give yourself some grace. And we did talk about that the 20 year veteran is still thinking the same thoughts. Yes. Yes. Which I think a lot of people don't think about like right. those exact thoughts that you're having, the 20 year veteran is still having them too. Right. Right. It's like the experience is going to come. It's just like, all right, just focus on the next best thing. It's like, all right, we yeah. show up, scene yeah. safe, ABCs, yeah. like, you know, and then just do the next best thing. And then rehearsing that, that worst case scenario, like, can you visualize yourself performing mm -hmm. those next right steps at this scenario? So when you come, when you're, when you're coming to that situation, it's not like, oh my gosh, shotgun effect. It's like, no, I've rehearsed this. Let's yeah. go. So yeah. literally like, I show up to the door. I'm like, I, I want to talk about pivoting mm -hmm. because I think there's a lot of people who do that. And it's right. almost like there's a negative connotation about pivoting. Mm -hmm. 
And so can you talk about what pivoting has kind of meant for you and what you've kind of done um, in your life with it? And then also, what would you say to those people who are thinking about pivoting, but are nervous about the outcome of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, if you're in my close circle, uh, you probably would have known I pivot a lot, <laughs> which it's not a bad thing as something that I was always interpreted as a bad thing. In our literally last coaching session, every confident and basically successful decision that I've made came from a pivot, right? And, you know, and what you put it in perspective, like all these operators, everything doesn't go according to plan. Absolutely not. They have to pivot on a dime to account for contingencies. They're master pivoters. And that was the biggest thing for me. So it was like, as I went across this whole entire path, let me just paint a little scenario for you. Graduated college in 2016, thought the military was for me in 2018. I pivoted that. I was in a delayed entry program to figure out my stuff, doing it for the wrong reason. So I pivoted, um, got accepted to the Suffolk County Police Department in New York. I pivoted because that wasn't the right fit for me. Um, got into personal training, trained MMA fighters, pivoted that because that's not what I wanted. Did that for two years, hopped into real estate. And this is where um, I pivoted again, first $20,000 check. And sitting in a graveyard, I pivoted. I'm like, what do I want to do? Because I could easily be one of these people with the, the two dates in between the, the, the dash, right? I want to really make that dash count. Yeah. So I pivoted. What's something that you always wanted to do? I'm like, medicine was it. So I got an EMT license. I'm like, here we go. So then I thought, well, let's try this physician route again, because I got my degree in biology, pre-med. Um, shadowed abroad in Italy through the job that I have now through Atlantis. And in that scenario, I'm just like, well, I saw what the doctors did. I pivoted. I made the nursing is it. All right. Yeah. So as I go yeah. along this path, I'm like, I'm doing anatomy and physiology, the prereqs. Um, and then once again, pivoted right now, because the biggest thing that I was afraid of was the success that comes along with either the military trying to live up to that standard or the fear of failure. But now I'm transitioned to holding that success and the fear of success. So what does that mean for me in pivoting? Pivoting can be a strength if you view it that way, yeah. right? I know a lot of people, especially the people closest to you, friends, family, maybe even significant others, they're like, oh, you're pivoting again? I know, I was at my last Christmas party. Well, not Christmas party, Thanksgiving, I'm sorry. Yeah. And my family was like, oh, are you actually gonna stick with it this time? I confidently said, well, if, I'm, if I don't, I'm gonna pivot again like I normally do. Yeah. And it's a strength for me, which it is. Yeah. Like I will gladly sift through all these scenarios figure out what's best for me and what I actually want to do if it means I get there faster. Yeah. I want to ask you something with that because the thought that came up for me while you were saying all of that is that all this pivoting that you've done in your life, how is this going to benefit you as a special operator mm -hmm. later? Oh my gosh. You got to make quick decisions and not hold on to one original plan or one original route that you've made because you can try and control all the controllables, but when you're dealing with other people when you're dealing with like forces of nature, like when you're dealing with all this, you can't control those things, no matter how much you want to. So it's like, you gotta be a master pivoter, a master, like be okay with it because it is okay. Like yeah. you can still go through all of these things, the doubt, the fear. And that's another big thing. Having those two people in the people, I put in air quotes in the front seat. Cause that's also been another thing for me. Yeah. Um, but being a master of that and not be afraid to pivot regardless of what others think, because 
nine times out of 10, your friends and family are probably want to pivot, but they're too scared to. So they're looking to you to be the example, which I hate to say it, they, you shouldn't, but yeah, do what's best for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I want to ask you one more question as we're finishing up, Nicholas, is there anything like that we didn't talk about today that you would like to share? Like anything that's like kind of helped you with success to where you are now or anything that we've talked about previously that um, has been really important for you thus far? Yes, I would say a couple of things that I'll make it like bullet points. Number one, you know you best, um, you know, when you come to a coach, right? paint the whole picture. Don't be afraid to paint the whole picture. Um, cause they're really going to highlight the things and see what you can't see. Cause you're, you're living, you're living with you for so, so many years, so long. Right. But also they can see things that you can't. So be vulnerable, be honest and get rigorously honest, whether that's recording, note-taking, et cetera. Um, number two is that ties into that figure who you are as a clinician. And that is fine. That is perfectly fine. Perfectly. Okay. High adrenaline you, or maybe you're calm. You, maybe you're the zenest person in the room Yeah, that serves you that serves your patients. So figure out how your personality serves you and your patients the best, because there's only one of you. Yeah. Right. So be the yeah. best you that you can be instead of trying to copy somebody else. Well, um, what's been the result of you figuring out those things through our time of working together? It definitely takes the pressure off and it respects other people's journey more mm. because I always wanted their success for me. And to a degree, like, you know, going either going through nursing, going through whatever pipeline, whatever the consistent factor is, that's a given. But when you're trying to mimic somebody else, you're going to be robbing you of great results. And you're also robbing your patients because you're trying to act like somebody else. Yeah. So now you can show up with 100% integrity, 100% vulnerability, and probably relate to that person more because now you're the best you that there is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you one more question. I was just thinking about this as you were saying that, you know, with working with different coaches, which is great. Like I've had the experience of it too. I now know like what I want to have in a coach. So what would you, what would you offer to someone who's like, there's tons of coaches out there. There's tons of different avenues. What would you offer to them who have that question of like, how do I find someone? Right. So look for someone who is literally 10 years ahead of you that has the results that you want, right? Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you, what do you value? Who do you respect? Look at the people that you respect. Do they have the results I want? No. Okay. We'll go find the people. I was very fortunate enough that I just stumbled upon your Instagram I don't know how it, it just happened. And then I hopped on one of the coaching calls that you had. And like, I, I saw what you were about and I vibed what you were about. Um, and it was a no brainer. So find the person who has the results of what you're looking for and then go for it. And nine times out of 10, they either have like a consultation or a one hour session, book a one hour session or a, a single session to see if it it's for you. Yeah. Um, I love that. I absolutely agree with that. Like I, have this thought that if we can rub shoulders with someone who is where we want to be, then that's how we get there. Right. That's how we get there quicker. And we take off a little bit of like what their thoughts are and give, give ourselves a little bit of their knowledge when we do so. Right. Yeah, Right. absolutely. And all of this, it compounds, right? The awareness, right. Which 
the coaches, they'll, they'll have the create, but your willingness to be vulnerable. So awareness, vulnerability, um, the work, obviously, right. They're not going to create the result for you. You still got to do it. Um, yeah. and just figuring out like who you're going to be in the process. Like what yeah. who do you want to show up as it's different now? Right. Cause we're, we're, we're aiming after a future part, but the best piece of advice with the sum total of all of this that you've given me is like, well, how can I be this person now? Yeah. How, how can I, how can I adopt what future me looks like in character, how they show up, how they think, how they eat, how they sleep, how they diagnose or wherever insert career here that you're after the result that you're after, how do they show up? The quicker we can be that person, the quicker we're going to get there. 100%. Yeah. And you're getting the results of that right now in your life. Cause I can tell you believe it more because 100%. your results are there. Right. I believe it so much more than compared to that first train ride when I was in a different country and I hopped on one of your calls. Yeah. And I know that because it's showing there's right. things that you tangibly have now that you didn't back then because right. you believe it about yourself. And that's like the magic of coaching, right? That's the magic of thought work. 100%. Yeah. Well, I look forward to continuing to work together, Nicholas. I think there was like so much that we talked about on this podcast so far that I think a lot of people are going to glean on, a lot of people are going to take from. So I really, really appreciate you being on and sharing your thoughts today. Of course. Thank you for having the platform and just the willingness to bring me on. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Yes. Sounds great. Okay. Bye. Are you ready to pivot more confidently and with less mind drama? I can help you get there. This is what coaching has to offer you. And this is really what coaching has done for Nicholas. It took him from a place of really being focused on what happened to him in the past and um, that story that he was creating for himself and to the point where now he can really focus on who he wants to be and what his future looks like and really learn to step into that now. If this is something you're interested in, definitely get with me and we can help you obtain this as well. So that's all for this week and I will chat with all of you guys next week. Bye.